This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. I am so pleased to be introducing a longtime friend today, Matt Stevens. Matt is the director of Somebody Cares Baltimore, a chapter of our Somebody Cares America network. The message today is loving a city to life. And being in Baltimore, that's not easy to do. And yet Matt and his family and many other champions of the faith continue to cross their racial, denominational, and generational lines, working with various community leaders to not give up on their beloved city, but to invest in that city. Would you welcome with me Matt Stevens on today's podcast? Hi, Doug, and thanks for letting me be a part of the podcast. I've really been enjoying listening to you while I'm driving or sitting at my desk, and I'm always encouraged by your insights and hearing uh, the others who are part of the Somebody Cares American Net that works has been real encouraging. So thank you, and it's an honor to be with you today. Hey, my approach is going to be sharing some of the things that we're learning here in Baltimore, and I want to invite everybody to kind of listen fast because I'm going to cover a broad stroke of principles and some broad scriptures and how we're learning to apply them here. Somebody Cares Baltimore was started in 2009 to assist churches and organizations who are committed to rebuilding their communities. Most of what we do is to help get people beyond the walls of their church to serve their communities with the gospel at heart. As you say, Doug, it's the tangible love of Jesus Christ. I've had the privilege of serving with Somebody Cares in disasters and crisis all around the country as we come alongside churches who are rebuilding their communities from the aftermath of disaster. The path we take, we always say, is relief, recover, and rebuild lives, which is what we're committed to do even here in our city. See, I live in Baltimore, Maryland, where we have a man-made crisis that has been destroying and traumatizing lives at breakneck speed through violence, opioid overdoses, and deaths. We're seeing unprecedented corruption and systemic injustice that has plagued us for centuries. My city is what we call culturally Christian. Everyone knows about Jesus, but few have met him and even less are walking with him daily. We all know that there's a big difference. But yet we still have so many stories of how redemptive work is happening through ordinary people like you and me. It happens because of people who are willing to show up in some of the darkest and most dangerous places in our city. See, we saturate those communities in prayer and in acts of kindness. The prayer shifts and changes the atmosphere in those communities. And the acts of kindness build bridges by demonstrating uh, that people care about others who have been marginalized, left out, hurt or traumatized, and that they're valuable to us. I'd like to give you an example. Here in Baltimore, like many of the cities on the eastern seaboard, it's made up of neighborhoods. Baltimore, as a matter of fact, is made up of 268 neighborhoods. The police divide those neighborhoods into nine police districts. Last spring, in the largest residential district in the city, the police commander there asked some of the church leaders what could be done to help his districts from the suffering uh, around shootings and murders. Together, that commander and some of the local pastors and a whole bunch of prayer warriors collaborated on a four-part, what we call Bless the Northeast District, a prayer walk. Prayer all around and from all corners of the district. 
As a result, in the month of May, there were no homicides reported and shootings were less than half of what they had been in previous months. In our city, success and a good day is measured by, first, the lives that have been saved and by the quality of life. Some people have asked me, you know, why do you and Katie say in such a depressed and chaotic place? But at this point, I would just point to dozens of scriptures or Bible stories where God spoke to his people about freedom and abundance, even while they were in slavery and being persecuted. In 1999, when the Lord brought Katie, the boys, and I to Baltimore from where we grew up in Ohio, it was so unfamiliar, not just geographically, but also uh, culturally. The home that we were going to move into wasn't quite ready yet, and we spent a full month in an efficiency that just had a little kitchen, a bathroom, and a bedroom. All of us had to fit into that little space. Looking back, I don't think I would have let anyone I cared about stay there. The only TV we had was a little 19-inch black and white TV-VCR combo. Each night, I'd watch the local news and hear about the shootings and murders that were taking place in the lives of mostly young men who were trapped in the drug trade. So many nights, I found myself weeping with frustration, and I asked God what would he do in and through us to change what I was seeing. One day while I was at a conference at our church, someone had handed me a few videos called the Transformation Videos. I took them home and I stayed up till early in the morning watching them. The next night I did the same and all week I was so drawn to the stories of how God showed up in ways through people and I began to completely change not only their lives, but the economy of their, of their country, the government, the education, and the overall culture. In the Bible, God's promises are often to his people after seasons of hardship. In Jeremiah, we see where God's people were exiled. Exile is no fun. I don't know if you've been exiled. I've not been exiled, but that could be no fun. And they were in, to them, the most God-forsaken place, the city of Babylon. What was seemingly the worst circumstance they could find themselves in. But he doesn't identify his children with the struggle or with the circumstance. He gives hope vision, and even articulates our identity in him. Like in Jeremiah 29, verse 7, it says also, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too prosper. So imagine, he's not saying, I'm going to put you out and bless you so I can bless you and bless you. He's saying, I've got you in a place but you need not forget that I'm the one that has my hand on you. And I'm going to tell you to seek the prosperity of the place where I have you. Because as it prospers, in other words, if you put the focus on others, right? Love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If we put the focus on, on praying and seeking the prosperity and the blessing of others, we too will prosper. In other words, he'll take care of us. So here, although the struggles is real and seemingly intensifying every day in Baltimore, there are many who are focuses on his promise for our future, that he plans to bless and prosper and not harm his people. We continue to seek him that he may teach us his ways as we get to walk in his presence. And it's really amazing the experiences that we're having even in the midst of the pain and the hurt. The result is that our hearts and the hearts of the people we serve who don't know, yet know Jesus are finding out in very real and practical ways who God is, what he's done for us, 
and what he says about us. There's a couple of principles I'd like to share with you that help us in the day-to-day here as we walk things out. But just understand that what I'm speaking from is a city that is hemorrhaging and in crisis. In other words, we haven't arrived yet. We haven't experienced the citywide breakthrough and miraculous transformations that I saw in those videos so many years ago. But look, rest assured, we do know that God has not forsaken us. He is speaking to us and he withholds no good thing from us. Our faith is growing and even in the midst of some of the toughest, uh, darkest times, the darkness gets pushed back every time the light of his presence shines. The couple principles that have kind of helped us, one kind of came out of Philippians 4, 8, you know, and it teaches us about what things we should be thinking about. I want to encourage you to go to Philippians 4, 8, maybe after this podcast or at another time or even push pause and go to it now, because in that it gives us nine things that we're supposed to be thinking about. It talks about, think about these things, purity, love, things that are honorable, notable, true, You know, those are things that we don't usually spend a lot of time thinking about. But here in Baltimore, some of us have started every day to list those things and 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 to thank God for those things. And next to right next to things that are lovely, which is kind of a weird word. I I don't use the word lovely a lot, but uh, things that are lovely. I list things in my life that are lovely, things that are honorable. I list things in my life that are honorable, things that are noble. I list things that are noble because I want to see. The, the evidence of God at work in my life on a regular basis. Isn't that how we win this whole thing, right? It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony or or the evidence, you know, the testimony is somebody's uh, verbal evidence of what took place and what's happening. So out of thinking that way and letting that kind of deepen and in our, change our hearts and minds about the perspective we ha- we have, you know, it does say be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're learning that our prayers need to be based on his promises and not our problems. See, God hears our prayers and he tells us to ask with all kind of petitions. And those are valuable transactions to him. The fact that we come to him and we trust him and we ask him for things. But when we spend time praying and listening his promises, we will experience transformation in our hearts and minds because his promises to us are yes and amen. See, the people of my city have struggled with systemic injustice and deep racism and everything that you could imagine. There are so many voices that try to articulate and re-articulate our narrative. But we've made a decision that God has already set the narrative for his people. He doesn't connect us or identify us to the struggles we face individually or as a people. He speaks and gives abundant blessing and life. So we've got to align with that by praying into what I consider to be the most important things to know. See, we want to align and pray into who God is, who his character and his attributes are through his creation and his word. We want to pray into what he's done for us, giving thanks. There's so much power uh, in in having a, a gracious or a grateful heart, especially when you think about yet we were still sinners. He still loved us and he sent his son to die for us that we could have life. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And I'm reminded of Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, how he described love, what I call it heavenly love, True love desires to give at the expense of self. That's what he's done for us. And then we also pray into what he says about us. See, his word teaches us that we're accepted by him. 
the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God, you and I are accepted by him. He says that we're secure in him. He says in who he is and what he has done, we are guaranteed that we are significant. To close, I'd like to pray for you. But before I do, I'd ask you to just keep us in Baltimore in your prayers because I believe something bigger than we can think or imagine is going to happen here. The opposite of where we are now is going to shift and and begin to happen because here we're known for murder now, but we're going to be known for life. Where we're known for drug abuse and opioid overdose, we're going to be known again as a place of health and healing. And the goodness of God will flow through our city and our port here all across our country. We truly believe that. So, Father, I come before you today and I thank you for who you are. I just want to say thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for the blessings of today. I thank you for your provision in in my family and my friends, the people I get to work with, and the city that I get to live. I thank you. Regardless of what I think I see, I know in my heart that your word is true. Thank you for who you are, oh God. Holy Spirit, help us to stay grateful. Help us to be reminded of how you've not only provided for us, but how deep you love us. Lord, you've given every one of us and everybody listening such unique and creative ways to be the tangible love of Jesus to our neighbors. Because the most important thing we could ever do is to love you, our God, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Father, help us to walk in the truth that every one of us who are believers, we are also ministers of reconciliation. The word minister that teaches us to be servants, just like Jesus. Servants serving people and bringing them back to you that they may come to the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. You are so good. We thank you for the day. We thank you for the days ahead. As long as you're in it and as long as we're in you, it's going to be blessed. You're a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Matt. I know we need to have you come back because there's so much to share of the journey of how you've worked together with so many others in the community over the years, and I've had the pleasure of being a part of that, to see people intentionally working together to bring healing and hope in the midst of such difficult human situations. So Matt, thanks again. So blessed and proud of your life and all that you and your family continue to do to sacrifice of your time and your resources and your giftings for the sake of loving your city back to life. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.